honored and privileged that, you know, I was asked to speak to you guys this morning. So thank you for letting me be here with you guys. Um, thank you, Sam. And so, guys, this morning, the Lord, he, he placed on my heart to share a message. I shared, well, part of it was a few weeks ago, but then he really expanded on it and was giving me a fresh word for today. And I feel like it really implies with whatever you guys might be going through, it might touch on you guys on a corporate level, as a private level. But, you know, I just pray that God, he uses today with the words that he gave me to really minister to your heart and to your spirit, to edify you and to strengthen you. So before I begin, I'm going to go, I'm going to pray. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, that your word stands forever. God, I thank you, God, that your word is living and active. And I thank you, God, that your heart pursues us, that your heart is running after us, that your heart always chooses us. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do this morning when we ask you to move in whatever way you want to. And thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so guys, I do want to warn you, I did not give my message to, you know, our amazing sound sound man. I am so sorry. So you guys are going to have to bear with me as I just have to go off my papers. So um, my title for the sermon is God, what are you doing? And what I'm saying is I'm not saying like, God, what are you doing as in a sense of I know that you're in heaven. I know that your Holy Spirit is here on earth. And I know that you're on, that you know, you're sitting on your throne and you're never moving. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to say, when God, what are you talking, what are you doing? I'm talking about when we are in the middle of a process that most of us go through, that a lot of us have been through, and that it's like, God, what are you doing in this season? I can tell you that 20, the year 2020 for most of us, we can say, God, what are you doing? Right? Was I the only one? It's like, God, what are you doing? And, it, and it's just like, I can tell you that those are the moments I can say that have been the hardest parts of my life. And I know I'm very young. And so please, I just asked for fresh open ears with it. Um, you know, I just want to say that even through our process, through what we are doing, and, you know, we can ask God, what are you doing in my life? I see, I can see you, I can hear you, but really, what are you doing? I can tell you that he is shaping us. You know, and I love it that God, our Lord, he is the potter, and we are the clay, and we are in his hands. And, you know, just like a potter that forms the clay to make, you know, vases, to make plates, cups, you know, I can say that God, he's making something so beautiful and wonderful out of you. I mean, and because it, because you have purpose, you have life and God, he's doing something extraordinary in you. And so, you know, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 64 verse eight. It says, Oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter and we're all formed by your hands. And so, you know, the potter, he is sitting down 
And he knows exactly what he's doing when he touches the clay. And we have to know that God as the potter, he's not making mistakes. But I can tell you that for us as the clay, it can be very uncomfortable when God wants to put his hands on our lives. (laughs) It can be really uncomfortable because You know, the potter, he'll put the clay on the table and he'll start spinning it. And right as soon as you feel like you are going around in circles and that you're doing your daily routine, you're doing your daily disciplines, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing. You're like, okay, I'm starting to get a little dizzy and you know that this is a cycle and it's about to be over. But really, it's about to be the beginning because I can tell you that the potter, he's about to hit that pedal. He's about to make that table start spinning because when he actually goes into a place that is spinning so fast, he can actually put his hands on the clay to start forming it, to start shaping it because the clay has lost control of its form. And we, cause we have given up control to him. And so really, I'm, I'm wanting to ask you, are we ready to be molded by God? Because I, I already know, just as, as a young person, that when we are being molded, it can take longer than what we want. You know, the process, most of the time, it's more than what we ask for. And at times, it breaks us as who we are as a person. But the thing is that God, He is wanting to purify us. You know, He's wanting us to really let go of the things that are not important. You know, he's also having to ask us to let go of things that are also harming us. You know, the things that kind of want to weigh us down. And I know it might not, it might seem so vague, but guys, when we carry around the baggage of bitterness, of unforgiveness, of resentment, hatred to one another, you know, God, he's wanting to start forming our hearts, start forming us as a person and start taking those things out of us, start removing those things of our heart, the heavy things, the things that we don't want anybody to touch, the things that we don't want anybody to see. I can say that God, he already knows you. He just wants you to open up to him so he can start taking his hands and start plucking those things out of your heart. And the thing is like, how can we look like the God of love and still hold on to hatred in our hearts? And so there's another verse. It's 2 Corinthians verse 4 and 6. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, For God said, Let there be light and darkness, and has made this light shine in our hearts, so that we may know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Now we, having this light shining in our, in our hearts, uh, but we ourselves are like are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure that this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not of ourselves. And so again, I'm asking you guys, are we ready to be molded by God? You know, there's a story that most of us know that some of us might not, but it's about a boy named David, right? And David, he had a heart for God and he knew that God was a source of life. 
But, you know, when we start reading the Bible, we start finding David as a small boy. You know, he is young. He is a shepherd. But, you know, he was being a shepherd. But God, he was making him a king and making him a warrior. And so as good shepherds do, you know, David, he fought off threats to his sheep. You know, he killed lions. He killed bears with his own hands. Um, But that was a test that helped him have confidence in God that helped him bring down Goliath. Because the thing is, your private test will show your public victories. And so, and I can tell you that David, he could probably have felt like he was wasting his life. You know, wasting his time. You know, being frustrated that part of his duty was risking his life for some little sheep. You know, that he had older brothers that didn't even have to be with the filthy animals. But he had to do what no one else was doing. David spent most of his days alone and on watch. And I bet David, he even had those moments. He's like, God, what are you doing? Like, I I know that I have... I'm meant for so much more. Why am I out here in a field all alone by myself? I have brothers that don't even do what I have to do. I have to clean up their stuff. And man, you guys should know sheep don't smell the best. Um, and so like, you know, he's surrounded by that, by the filth of life that's surrounding him. But he taught, he took his private moments to actually get closer to God, to encounter his presence. And the thing is, he knew he was meant for something more. And the Lord, he made it evident when he sent the prophet Samuel. He anointed David to be the next king. And shortly after, you know, he had one of his greatest tests of fighting Goliath. But, you know, Goliath, he was mocking God. He was mocking Israel and he challenged them. You know, but, you know, David, he killed Goliath. And David, he became king. He knew what God had put inside of him. And so what what was put inside of him manifested to his outward appearance. It came to happen because he knew what God deposited was going to manifest in his life. And so we need to see what God is doing in our lives. And And it really is, it's okay to ask him, God, what are you doing in my life? It's not wrong to ask him, God, I I know what your word says, but what are you doing? It's challenging. And sometimes he will use his word to show you, okay, this is actually what I'm doing in your life. This is the process that I'm taking you through. And I can tell you like, David, there's been times in my life where I, I asked God, like, what are you doing? And it's not been in a pretty way. And sometimes I would say it wasn't even in a kind way, but it was out of brokenness and desperation, you know, out of a hurting heart, you know, wanting to know the why behind everything that I was having to go through. And I know I'm young. Okay. I know, but it's like, there's still things that we have to go through to become what God's wanting us to do, to become. And so, you know, last years I had one of these moments um, you know, last July, I can say it was probably one of the hardest months of my life. Um, I mean, yeah, it was still part of 2020, but besides COVID, besides the pandemic, besides all of it, I mean, I can tell you circumstances were just hard. 
Uh, I mean, I mean, they were brutally hard. I mean, I get a random phone call from my dad, and he says, "Hey, um, you know, my grandma Fallon's passed away." I was like, "Okay." So, whoa, I was not expecting that. And then the family asked me, "Hey, can you do the funeral?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Because I can tell you that last year, I, mean, I was so heartbroken when I received the news um, that my grandma was dying. My grandma Fallis, uh, my dad's mom. And when she had passed, uh, when I heard that she had passed away, it was really hard for me to handle. But I can tell you, I, I was ordained um, last January as a minister, and I remember I would always go up to her and I would call her and I would visit her. Whenever I, whenever I had the chance, whenever I was in town. And whenever I, I came in last January, I was ordained, and I showed her the certificate, and she was so proud. She was so happy for me. And then she asked me, hey, whenever I pass away, can you do my funeral? And I'm like, well, I will, but you have a long life ahead of you, and you won't have to worry about that, especially for a long time. But, you know, she was actually right. You know, she knew that her time was coming, um, and it was, it was really hard. Um, but the thing is, I knew my grandmother, she passed away. I did her funeral. Right when I get home from, from her funeral, I go to my dad's house and my car breaks down. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's okay. I can get it. So we eventually have to get another vehicle. But while we're trying to work on the vehicle, me and my dad were talking and he kind of casually tells me that he's getting deployed in a couple months. I'm like, what? Like, like, I'm like, okay, wait, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it. My grandma just passed away. I just did her funeral. You know, I just had to do one of the hardest things in my life. My cars break down. Now you're telling me that you're getting deployed. Okay. I'm like, okay, God, what are you doing right now? And so thankfully, like, you know, he, he was sent off and he was in training since last October. Thank God, you know, by his grace, he returned this past September. And so I'm so thankful that my dad, he is with us. And, you know, I go home, you know, and we thank, and we go home to Georgia. We thank the person that was watching our dogs while we're gone. You know, I open up the doors, let them go out in our backyard. It's fenced area. And I hear yelp. I'm like, oh no, now what? I go out there and our little dog, Kylo, he gets bitten in the neck by a snake. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I'm telling you, his neck is so swollen. Like whenever he tries to bark, like it was just like, you could hear the venom that was in his throat. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So me and April, we're searching all around. Thankfully we found a place in Atlanta that was that allowed us to go in an emergency room like at 2 a.m. in the morning for dogs. And they couldn't really help them. They're like, we can't really do much unless we have like $5,000. I'm like, we don't got that. I'm sorry. But, you know, we just, we prayed over him and he's still here. And, you know, he's a miracle that God still heals him because they, because the doctors said, hey, look out. He might not make it through the night. But, you know, he actually had a very fast recovery and we're so thankful that God did that. But, you know. I had like three hours of sleep. I woke up, I went to work, and at that time I was working for FedEx. I was a delivery driver, and you know, I was just like, okay, let me go on with my day. I find my truck, I start loading it up, 
And do you guys know about the little things that can get under your skin after big things happen? Okay, so uh, my process is I am physically and emotionally and spiritually exhausted. I am drained. Like my grandma died, my car broke down, I had to get another car. My dad told me that he's going, you know, he's going to be deployed in just a few weeks. And then my dog gets bit by in the neck by a snake. I don't know if he's going to live or die in, this, in the next couple hours. I'm just running on fumes. I load up my truck and I noticed that the, the, the truck they gave me had no door handle. I'm like... Okay, that's gonna make my day fun. And so I roll down the, you know, I just make sure that the door, the door, the windows roll down, and it's burning up. It's it's in the end of July. It's, it's burning up. But I try to crank on the AC, and it goes up and it goes out. I'm like, okay, the AC's gone, so I can't even have just a little bit of cool air. And I start driving the truck down the road, and I'm probably five minutes out, and I start hearing a. I'm like, are you kidding me? My tire is going flat, so I have to wait like 30, 40 minutes for someone to come and bring a tire. They put it back on, and I'm driving. And if you guys don't know, there is a, most of most of FedEx boxes are like or trucks that are like box trucks. And you have your door, they're painted with the logo, and they have a gate that will come up. It will just roll up in the back. It looks like a moving truck. Well, I'm starting to deliver, and all of a sudden I hear something that goes on in the back of my truck, and boxes start going out. The hatch on my truck pulls up. I'm like, what in the world? Is God, what are you doing? <laughs> they had to come and give me a brand new truck. I had to reload it. And like, at this time, it's already late in the afternoon. I'm like, God, I'm about to quit. And he says, no, you're not. Because even because in my mind, I was like, look, my grandma just passed away. I had to do her funeral. My car broke down. My dad, he's going, he, he just told me he's about to go. And if you guys know that that's, that's very emotional. Knowing that your loved one, you're not going to see for an extensive amount of time. And they're going to be in harm's way for the military. And so I'm going through all of that. I go, finally go home. My dog is bit by a snake. After it gets bit by the snake, I go to work, the door handle's busted, the AC's busted, I get a flat tire, and the, and the latch, the hinge, comes up. I'm like, oh my goodness, God, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just about to quit. He says, no, you're not. I'm causing, he's like, I'm going to allow you to endure this because I'm making you stronger. He's like, I'm allowing you just to go through this because you are going to have, you're going to become stronger in character. You're going to become more dependent on me. You're going to learn how to trust me. And I, it's like, and you're going to learn how to depend on me and your emotions. Even when you feel like you're about to give up, he's like, I'm going to be there. And so, man, it was a test for sure. And so let me see. I, I was just telling my life. So I wrote it down trying to figure out where I'm at now. And so the thing is, I know that sometimes we have to go through pockets of pain like that because we can we can relate our pains with each other and just the annoyances of life. But still, even in the midst of our pain and the midst of our struggle, we can still point to God and say that He's good. Yes. And that's the thing, like God, He wants us to say, "Hey, even in the midst of it all, you can still point to Me and say that I am good, I am faithful, I am the one that loves you." And so. And so now this is this is going to 
go into a little bit of a different direction. And it's about really that this, there's this trend that's been going on. And, and I understand what people are doing and people are saying, but the way we can adapt to society, it can be harmful to our spiritual life. Um, a lot. Like, you know, we hear Nike and Target and Walmart, they will start saying stuff like, we are everything, which I understand they're saying that we accept everybody and whoever you are, we accept you. And I understand that. But the thing is, sometimes we can try to translate that to Jesus and try to say that Jesus is everything. And what I mean when I say that Jesus is everything is that Jesus, he's okay with what I'm doing. He's okay with where I'm at. He's okay that, you know, whatever kind of lifestyle that I'm living in, it's going to be okay. And when Jesus, he, that's not the way he approached our life. We have to understand that every time he came encounter with somebody that was in a life of sin, he always said, hey, I forgive you. Now turn away from your sin and follow me. He was like, never. He's like, I forgive you. Now never do it again. But we have, I feel like as a society, we have tried to come and put Jesus in a box that he never belonged in. We have tried to mold him and try to shape him to fit our desires. And instead of him shaping us and forming us to fit his. To start saying, God, I'm going to be formed by your hands. I am the jar. I am the clay that I'm going to be molded by you. And it's like, and you make me fit into you. And instead of us trying to control what God is wanting to do. And so... Instead of us as, as a body of Christ, we cannot try to say that Jesus is everything. We have to say, I choose Jesus over everything. And so, and so guys, I mean, that's, that's what I have for you this morning. And it's that I want you guys to know that you are in his hands. And even as crazy, as dysfunctional, as a cycle of craziness, it might feel like God has you and he's doing something amazing in your heart. So I'm asking you this morning, just even give your heart as a fresh surrender to him. Give a fresh surrender to his process because he is doing something bigger inside of you than you will ever know. He is developing you to start to reach people around you that you never thought could be reached. And I know that God, he is doing something so wonderful in you that he's, he's forming you and shaping you to host his presence, to host his spirit. So whenever you go somewhere, he will, you'll start to overflow with his goodness and of over of his love and people around you will start getting impacted and their lives being changed is worth it. Your life being changed is worth it. So if we can, let's go ahead. Everyone, if you guys can, just go ahead and stand up. We're going to go into an altar call. And so, you know, if you want to have your eyes open, you can. If you want to have them shut, you can. But this morning, I'm asking if you want to give your heart to Jesus in a new way and saying, God, I know that this process has been crazy. It's been hard. It's been difficult. But I want to make sure my heart is surrendered to you. It's like, will you raise your hand this morning? Yeah? Yeah? All right. Well, if you want to have a fresh dedication or if you want to know Jesus to be the Lord 
of your life.